From KLIN Radio and the Lincoln Independent Business Association, this is the Lincoln Business Beat, a weekly summary of news affecting area business and a review of interesting topics and issues. Along with LEBA President and CEO Bud Seinhorst, I'm Mark Vail. Glad to have you joining us. Lincoln Business Beat is made possible by the 1890 Initiative. Visit 1890nebraska.com where 100% of your donation goes directly to Husker student-athletes. But I was looking at um, part of the news duties the other day, uh, the monthly report from the city treasurer to the mayor and the city council about uh, cash reserves, cash on hand. I, I don't remember the exact term. But it seemed to me like the city of Lincoln had quite a bit of cash on hand. Um, well, yeah. I think, I think you've done a little more research on it. Well, it's kind of interesting, you know, Mark, when we talked about the city budget here recently, we talked about over the last couple of years, the city's collected about $102 million more in taxes than they budgeted for. And so now this report comes out and we've also over the last year and a half or so talked about the city being pretty flush with cash. I didn't well, realize they were quite as flush. Yeah, well, there's flush, and then there's the city of Lincoln at this point, I think. Um, but so at the end of September, the city had a cash balance of $673,516,100.49. That's almost two-thirds of a billion. Yes. So we'll just call it $673 million, just for conversational purposes. Well, in well this. if you look at the bottom, though, there's another $33 million in invested funds. Yeah. So, I mean, you add that up, and you're, you're over $700 million. And the interesting thing I found was... You know, we, we've talked to the city and we testified at the city about, yes, you lowered your levy, yet most Lincolnites are going to be paying more in property taxes this year. Um, and their initial budget, because they passed that biennial budget, the initial budget went up 5% last year, I think it was, and about 8% this year. And then they added another 8% on top of that. And then you look at this, uh, let's see, it's called the Monthly City Cash Report from the Finance Department and the City Treasurer that shows those kind of numbers. It's it's pretty astronomical, really. What I was interesting uh, interested in was the monthly inflow outflow. I mean, the city has bills to pay every month, uh, and it was about a million four, if I remember correctly, in uh, September, but they also took in about a million four. Yeah, that was kind of a net zero, really. I mean, the the numbers were right there about the same. So it's it's fascinating to see that. And, and I mean, at the end of the day, the ending balance went up one point, almost $3 million uh, from the end of August to the end of September. So we're acquiring more cash. We're building more cash. And I think about important things in our city like uh, fixing our streets and taking care of you know, other issues that our city faces. Where's the money going and, and what can we expect as citizens to, to see the city do with this kind of cash on hand? Well, I know there there is going to be a, a situation here with, with the new uh, contract with city employees, with the union. There'll be some retroactive pay because that goes back. But we're still not talking anywhere near the kind of dollars that that would be that we have on hand. Yeah, we're not talking $674 million or $673 million right in that neighborhood. So it's kind of 
kind of interesting, something to watch, I think. And, and, and again, one of our purposes here on the Lincoln Business Beat is just to raise these questions and pass them along to uh, our listeners so they know what's going on in the city. That report comes out monthly. You can get it. Uh, it's always linked to the city council agenda once a month. You have to do a little uh, deep dive to Gotta find it. Got to dig in a little bit. But, but uh, it's there. It's available. And the numbers are the numbers. Uh, you stole my catchphrase. <laughs> uh, we also wanted to uh, talk a little bit about the Lincoln Metropolitan Planning Organization, MPO. Uh, yeah. Give me a, a, a 30,000 foot view of this because I really, this first I've really heard much about. This is an 80 ish page report. So the city's been going through this process for the public participation plan uh, with the Lincoln Metropolitan Planning Organization, which is their MPO. And so they issued their draft uh, October 10th, and it's open for public input until November 30th. And, you know, it's, it's one of those things where it, the MPO is just kind of fascinating because it involves the city, the county, the state, the airport authority, the railroad transportation safety district, StarTran, LTU, the Federal Transit Administration, the Federal Highway Administration. So there's a lot of moving parts um, about what's involved in this report. And, and like I said, it's 82 pages. There's a lot of background information and those types of things. And I, and, and I think it's worth the time for the citizens to go out there, take a look at it. I mean, it addresses transportation, public transportation, you know, some of those types of things that, that's going to be happening. And, and I think it's important that we as citizens, you know, take a look at it and provide input. Well, as you say, uh, decisions are made by people that show up. In this case, you can show up just by uh, yeah. submitting uh, some uh, questions or some comments. On yeah, that. you can go online. Um, you know, the report includes some background information, the goals, the update frequency, the tracking metrics that they're going to use, and other just assorted documents that are associated with the process. And, you know, people can go to uh, the city's website. And I, what I did was I just, uh, just to make sure we made it easy for our listeners, because the website's about 32 miles long, it seems like. And so I just went to www.lincoln.ne.gov and searched MPO. And it takes you to the page and there's a copy of the report. There's a link to, to submit comments. So, um, it's, it's something that I think is important for people to take a look at and, and get involved and understand what's happening here in our city. The city council also uh, received the Lincoln electric system budget and a request for a rate increase at Monday's meeting. Um, and I believe it's coming up for a vote or a final vote in a couple of weeks. Yeah. Uh, I think it, there's a week or two in between, yeah. um, till their next vote. Plus we got the Thanksgiving holiday coming up. Yeah, so so it, but the vote wanna, will be coming. It, yeah. The votes, uh, coming and, uh, looks like, uh, rates they're proposing rate increases, but according to what we heard, uh, it's not because of the cost of energy. That's actually gone down a little bit from a year ago. It's the, uh, workforce and, uh, retaining and hiring people. Yeah. I was fairly amazed when they came in and presented to us and said, you know, the, the increase is not really because of generation. It's because, uh, and when I say generation, I mean electrical generation through the Southwest power pool and all these other things, no, the raw power, the raw power. Um, it, it, it's about the 
like you said, workforce-related costs, recruiting, retention, all of that. And there was about, I want to say it was around 8 to $10 million increase in the budget to address those things. And I started doing some math, and I'm like, they have 500 employees. That's a lot. That's a lot of money for 500 people. And so, you know, there's the, the rate increases we're going to see as as citizens are, you know, they're going to impact us. What is the uh, projection on increases? So for 2024, I'm going to take a step back. I'm going to start with last year. In 2023, the general service was about uh, 5.4. 5.4%. The large light and power was 3.9. Or no, general service was 4.8. Uh, large no, that was res- residential. Yeah, the large light and power was 5.4%. And then uh, the, or no, large light and power, I'm all over the place. Residential 4.8, general service 5.4, and large light and power 3.9 for an average of 4.8. Then this year, they're proposing an additional increase, residential at 3.7%, general service 42 Large light and power, 2.1 for an average of 3.7%. So, you know, those are some increases. And one of the things we continue to talk about on this podcast, Mark, is just because you see it on your own personal bill, whether you're a business owner or homeowner or a renter or whomever, just because you see that on your bill, you're going to see it across town. When it's groceries, when it's you know, the convenience stores, when it's shopping for Christmas gifts, you know, birthday gifts, all those kind of things. Like, we're going to see some increase in prices because when when rate increases happen, generally those get passed on to the consumer. Absolutely. I mean, the businesses have to stay profitable to stay in business. Well, and we look at increased amount of property taxes we're going to pay. We're going to pay more on our utilities. Everything keeps going up, and there's just this domino effect across town when we when we see these things happen. There's one little uh, thing in the LES budget that has always been kind of like, uh, you know, something, you know, fingernails on the chalkboard to you, and I yeah. think it's called a dividend. Well, you know, you said it a lot nicer than I did because I was going to say a bird my rear end. So, <laughs> <laughs> but, okay, so when you receive your electric bill, there is a line on there called the city dividend. And... There are different schools of thought on this. My personal thought is when the city requires someone to pay something based on their consumption, it's a tax. That's just what I learned in business school. But the city calls it a dividend. And so LES collects that dividend from every rate payer. But if you look at your bill, you look at the line items, then you pay sales tax on the dividend. So... I could probably make the argument, and it'd be hard to change my mind because I'm a little stubborn, this is double taxation. Because in my mind, when the city says you have to pay this based on what you're using, that's a tax. Um, it's kind of like a property tax. You, based on the property you own, the city assesses a tax on that. Or when you go to the store and you buy clothing or something like that, there's a tax on that. And so this dividend is one that always drives me nuts, and it's one that I've tried to talk about at city council meetings about this dividend, and, 
you know, they continue to take it. So it's another way for the city to tax the local the local taxpayers, the local citizens, um, on their electric bill. So, you know, I've always had a problem with that. So, uh, yeah, and and of course you're paying the bill with money that you earned that was also taxed. So, I mean, not to now we're on triple taxation. And you're paying it on your property, which if you own your property, you're paying property taxes. So now we're to quadruple taxation. Oh, boy. <laughs> I don't know whose head just exploded more, Mark or I. Let's talk about the Liba calendar. Let's move, <laughs> let's move on. Let's move this. on to something that will keep our blood pressure low, right, Mark? Yeah. Uh, well, here's what we got coming up. On five Friday, November 17th, we have the Liba murder mystery event at James Arthur Vineyards. We have just a couple of tickets left. Uh, I think there's like two tickets left, maybe. You can call the office at 402-466-3419 to get more information. On Tuesday, November 21st, Attorney General Mike Hilgers will be our luncheon speaker over at the Grand Mance in the Jasmine Room. And on Tuesday, November 28th, Coffee and Contacts, hosted by Body Fit Training, BFT, is located down about 17th and Pine Lake Road. So um, they always host great events for us, so it'll be nice to come. And they might even allow you to get a little workout in on your way to work if you want to do that on your way to work. Yeah, and I'm going to be working, so I can't go to those morning meetings. I so. know. It's it's too bad. Maybe you should Maybe you should get a remote microphone and come down and you could just cover it for the news. Yeah, sure thing. Hey, uh, interesting deep dive coming up because uh, we haven't had this individual in yet, but I've always, we've talked about it, always looking forward to getting Fire Chief Dave Engler. Yeah, I'm excited to get Chief Engler in here and, and talk. You know, you'll remember last week, I think it was, the last couple of weeks we had Josh from the Career Academy in, and we were talking about the things that they're doing. Um, they had a pathway summit. They had a, a career fair. Um, but one of their pathways that they're getting into is, you know, with the schools is they're trying to get more people interested in firefighting. And so LFR has done some things with LPS, um, to try to get people in, uh, into the firefighting arena, whether it's paramedics, firefighters. And earlier this week, they held a, uh, a job shadowing program with LPS students uh, over at LFR. And I thought it'd be a great opportunity to get Chief Engler in here and, and have a conversation with him about it. We'll do that next. Husker fans, you've probably heard about NIL, name, image, and likeness, and now you can have an immediate effect on the success of that program. The 1890 Initiative is Nebraska's premier NIL company, and with your help, we can maximize our student-athletes' opportunities with NIL and prepare them for life after college. Nebraska's always been a leader in college athletics. Let's do the same with NIL. To learn more, visit 1890nebraska.com, where 100% of your donation goes directly to Husker student-athletes. That's 1890nebraska.com. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive offers. 15178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe and Summit 4xe models in dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. 
You've worked hard for what you have, your money, your assets, your 401k and home. Isn't it all worth protecting? Nearly one in four consumers have been a victim of identity theft. LifeLock Ultimate Plus helps protect your finances with up to $3 million in reimbursement. LifeLock alerts you to identity threats you might miss. And if your identity is stolen, your dedicated U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. Let LifeLock help protect what you've worked so hard for. Save 25% off your first year on LifeLock Ultimate Plus at LifeLock.com slash aware. Terms apply. Welcome back to the Lincoln Business Beat on this edition. Uh, we're doing our deep dive with Lincoln Fire Chief Dave Engler. I've been doing a lot of uh, workforce development, workforce recruitment discussions on the program. Uh, Bud has been working with, uh, well, our last episode was with Josh Jones at uh, TCA, the Career Academy, but wanted to talk to you, Chief, about some of the things that you've got going and 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 Bud probably going to regale us with some of his ride-along uh, escapades as well. <laughs> well, you know, a good ride-along was when uh, Chief Engler was a battalion chief, and uh, we would just go ride around, and he'd take me to all kinds of different calls throughout the city. So we had a little bonding time in Chief Engler's battalion chief car, or truck, I should say. Yeah, we Welcome to the show, Chief. Well, hey, thank you very much. And, uh, you know, I, I look back on that experience and, and I think you rode with me two different occasions, but um, it's always nice to be able to to get our public out with us and, and see what we do and, and uh, provide them that experience and answer questions because uh, everyone kind of knows what the fire department does, but they don't always have the, the best idea, the big picture. So, I appreciate you taking the time to ride with us and and uh, see what we actually do um, on a daily basis here in the city. We covered as a it, news story a little earlier this week, Chief, um, a job shadowing that uh, the department did along with uh, Lincoln Public Schools. Can you just give me a quick overview? And I think then Bud wants to go a little deeper on it. Yeah, so... Um, Part of the part of the public schools is they have kind of a job shadowing experience, and we were having a number of students contact us wanting to do ride-alongs, and um, it just wasn't working very well because um, of the of some of the different obstacles of of the ride-along and and um, ensuring that people aren't going on calls that they can't see and that sort of thing. So what we did, and, and I want to give full credit to uh, our PIO MJ Learman for this, but she, I said, we've got to, we've got to solve this problem because we want to, we want them to have a great experience. But um, the ride along wasn't necessarily, necessarily the way to go for this volume of of students. So in fairly rapid fashion, she put together a job shadow day in which we had it at the Municipal Services Center out by the airport uh, and um, where we have our training division and everything. And they put together a number of different stations where there was hands-on experience. And we had 23 area students come visit us and uh, spend the afternoon with our firefighters uh, gaining that experience yesterday. And uh, she did just an amazing job of putting this on and and it was great to see uh, the diverse group of students that were there and their their high level of engagement while they were there. I, I think it was a, a tremendous success. And we plan on doing this uh, twice a year to help with the public schools job shadowing experience. 
So chief, um, that's awesome. What kind of things did you have the students doing while they were job shadowing? Like, you know, what are, what are some of the, like, I'll say hands-on opportunities you gave them to try to understand what, what's happening? Yeah. So um, we covered, obviously, a lot of people think fire department, fire rescue, but um, a big portion of our job is medical. And I like everyone to understand that. So they had um, a stop the bleed. So um, learning how to apply tourniquets and, and pressure dressings and that sort of thing. Hands-only CPR and automatic external defibrillator. And then they put on fire gear. They raised ladders. They pulled hoses. Um, they did they did some exercise stuff. Um, so really, they they just kind of looked at, at the various jobs that we do and some of the physical requirements. And uh, it was it was neat. They were all out there just working hard, enjoying themselves, and and it was great to watch. Well, I think this is a. I know when we talk about LFR, you and I have talked about this several times over the last several years, the, the amount, I mean, recruiting is a difficult thing and it's, you know, it's LFR, it's LPD, it's LTU and it's the private sector too. Everyone is really struggling with that recruitment piece of bringing people in. Um, kind of talk about why this job shadow, why you think that would be great to try to draw students into uh, a potential career with LFR. Well, we certainly the the members of our community, so the the students are a direct reflection of the population of Lincoln. So um, being able to recruit students out of the the school system here, um, they're more likely to stay in Lincoln once we do that. And you know there's there's a lot of places that focus on nationwide recruitment. And we do nationwide recruitment, but the reality is, is people tend to migrate back to their home. So if we do tend to uh, get applicants from out of state, typically they don't stay. Or if we if we draw applicants from Omaha, they find their way kind of back to Omaha. So one of the things I like about about really focusing on Lincoln is they're more likely to stay they're invested in the community and, um, you know, we'll keep them here. And so that's, I think, the great thing about it. Um, the other thing that we're doing, and we talked about the Career Academy earlier, is, is um, hopefully this next school year, we'll have a presence for firefighting in the Career Academy. And there, again, is just another attempt at, at working with Lincoln Public Schools to recruit out of our school system, which is, which is, there's no better reflection of the community than our school system. Well, that's great. I think engaging with the career Academy is, is a wise thing. You and I've talked about that over the years and just to engage those young people at an early age and give them an opportunity to experience those things. And so when they go through the career Academy, I know you're still working through details. What's your hope when they graduate as far as preparedness to be able to become a member of LFR? So to become a, a member of LFR, you have to be 19 years old. You have to be an emergency medical technician or paramedic. 
And those are, those are the, and, and have a high school education. So those are the major requirements. But um, so the Career Academy currently has EMT. And then what we're going to add is the firefighter, Nebraska State Firefighter 1 certification, the Firefighter 2 certification, and the Hazmat Operations Level certification. Having all those things in place um, will allow us, if, if we wanted to, to do a, what I call kind of a fast track academy because they've got the basic certifications. So we can shorten our academy and get those individuals online on the streets, um, functioning on the apparatus serving the public faster because we don't have to put them through all that, which which we do for for some of our people today. So um, I, I envision this to be where at some point we may even be able to integrate the testing process into the program and hopefully be able to hire students right out of school. And one of the great things about this career is, is you don't necessarily need to have any type of uh, college education going in, but certainly it's important as you go through the ranks. We have things like tuition reimbursement that help people get that education once they apply. So if they come out of high school, we get them those certifications in high school, they get hired on the fire department, they can continue their education with tuition assistance through us um, as, as they're working. And so that would eliminate the, the potential for debt, uh, for school debt, school loans moving on. And they'd have just a great career um, to get started in and, and work through. So I think there's some really great potential there. And, and I'm thankful that we've got such a good relationship with Lincoln Public Schools to accomplish these things together. Well, I think that's great because, you know, you're you're helping those students find the work that they're going to enjoy and they're getting an opportunity to kind of test it a little bit. On the flip side, if you get those programs implemented through uh, TCA, you know, you're obviously able to shorten the academy time, but also those young people are going to be going into a really good paying job at a very young age. And I mean, that's, that, that's a big deal. It really is. I, I think it's just an amazing opportunity. Uh, I was lucky enough. I got into this career right out of, right out of high school too. And um, it, you know, it may not be for everybody, but it worked really well for me. And so at least we have a model that those that are interested can get into it. And, you know, those that find this career later in life, they still have great opportunities here too, but I think it, it is helpful for people as they're starting out their life to have that opportunity to have something that's that's very stable and um, pays well, provides great benefits, and is is truly a career that they can spend the rest of their life doing. So um, I think it's just a really exciting prospect here. So you talked a little bit about um, the academy and so how long is the academy if you just come in without those experiences versus if you go to TCA and get those certifications how long are you talking for an academy for them so we're probably our our current academy total is about 19 weeks and um we're probably at least 
able to cut that in half. Now, um, when you have those certifications, uh, they're, they're pretty standardized things. So we have a number of things that we have to teach in our academy, no matter what, as well as um, get people used to our equipment and that sort of thing. But we can at least cut that academy time down by half, I think. And uh, that'll be helpful because, like I said, that gets people out on the streets quicker serving the community. Well, I think that's the, the big thing is to be able to move them from the academy to get them on the street. And, you know, you get people basically call it 10 weeks ahead of what normally your process would be. That's, you know, 10 weeks of them out on the streets and filling uh, the vacancies and things like that, that that you have at LFR. So um, on a recruiting standpoint, I mean, talk about kind of where you're at right now. I think, do you have an academy right now or getting ready for one? Kind of how many do you have in that? And then talk a little bit about the staffing, because I think a lot of people are like, okay, how does that work? And like, how many do you really need to get to from a staffing perspective? Yeah, so um, we were just fortunate enough to get a federal grant for three years of staffing paid 100% for those three years. So we are adding 18 positions to Lincoln Fire and Rescue, and those positions will help us fill the daily vacancies that occur due to vacation, sick leave, and keep our apparatus staffed at the at the four person national standard, so um, that that is very helpful. So what we've got right now is we've got a class of twenty five starting this month, and um, we did do something a little different this time. We offered a lateral spot, so um, some of our firefighters and firefighter paramedics coming on that have some experience, they're going to start out with a little bit of a pay bump. And the ones with the certifications that we just talked about, they're actually going to go through, again, I'll call it a fast track academy. So their academy is going to be about half the time of what the regular academy is. So I, I believe uh, November 15th is their start date. And then later on in the month, the remaining 17 are going to be starting and they'll go through the full academy. So we're technically, we have like one big academy, but they're really kind of separated by two groups based on those with those certifications and those without. So with that, we're going to be in really good shape because we're filling those 18 spots that, uh, that the federal government's going to pay for for the next three years for us. And then um, we're also filling some of the other vacancies that are occurring through retirements and that sort of thing. So right now, as far as staffing goes, we're looking pretty good. That's excellent. I'm glad to hear that. You might be one of the few in town that's uh, able to say that. We hear a lot of workforce things uh, from our members. Yeah, and this time around, I mean, every time we get some amazing candidates, but this time around, we got um, a, a pretty good candidate pool, but they we had some people that were, the, the people we're hiring, very impressive. Um, I mean, we're really excited about this class, and uh, the, I think post-COVID, 
we're starting to see more paramedics coming, getting through class, uh, paramedic school and everything. So we're starting to see a little bit of an upswing, I think, in in our uh, people that are that are applying. So I'm I'm excited for the future. We will be looking at. I think we're scheduled for late next spring another hiring process to keep up with all that. But um, right now we're having some we're having some good luck with some great candidates. So hopefully that'll keep going. Curious, uh, Chief. You've, we've talked about the students, LPS students, students at TCA and how that interact. Are you getting any feedback from present staff or parents on this uh, this approach? Um, we haven't had any feedback yesterday. We had uh, we 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 just did it yesterday for the first time, so we haven't had any parental feedback. There was some a representative from Lincoln Public Schools there yesterday that um, was really excited about what was what we put together and and very thankful that it wasn't just lecturing and stuff that it was hands on and people were engaged and and everything. So the feedback um, has been limited so far, but um, very positive from what we've seen. And and certainly the the student feedback was very, very positive. They they really had a good time. They thought it was very informative and, and they were very excited when they left the building yesterday. Are there some core competencies that you look for in potential candidates? And this is one way to to help uh, kind of figure out those out with the uh, students. Well, I think um, this doesn't necessarily give us the indication of the core competencies, but I think the most important thing is, is it, it did give us and the student the opportunity to understand the job and to understand what it takes to do the job so they can prepare. Because obviously we've got, you know, physical standards that we have to meet and that sort of thing. So um, the, the, the instructors that were out there yesterday they did go over those things and, and showed them exercises to prepare for it. So, um, you know, the, the nice thing about it is, is anyone that is determined to do this for a career, we can help them get there. And uh, so, you know, that's that's one of the things that we always talk about is, is if if anyone's interested, reach out to us and we can help set them on the trajectory to uh to, to pass all the tests and to get through the process and, and come work for us. Uh, that's awesome. And I'm, I appreciate that because I think being proactive in your pr approach to recruiting and the things that you're doing, I think it's just, you know, you've got to do that, especially in the workforce that we're seeing just around all industries right now. So I, I was happy to see you at the pathway summit last week at the career Academy. I think that's important. I think it's valuable um, you know, to get to know them and engage with them and uh, provide them with those skills. So we appreciate you uh, coming on and talking about that. And um, what's the best way for people to check out LFR, maybe on the website or something, Chief? Yeah, so we have on our website, um, we've got a little icon that says join LFR. And that usually has the up-to-date information about when we're testing and some of the some of the things to do to prepare for it. So um, the other thing is is uh, I believe there's a an email on there that people can click on. They can sign up. So we'll let them know when the when the job postings post. And obviously, if they have any questions, we have a great team here 
who's more than happy to, to help answer any of those questions and, and help them prepare for a career in Lincoln Fire and Rescue. Excellent. Well, I appreciate, uh, again, you taking the proactive approach. I also appreciate you taking some time uh, to come on the podcast and just talk about how you're being proactive in the recruitment process for LFR. We really appreciate that. And um, hopefully we can get another one of those ride-alongs scheduled here pretty soon, too. You bet. Anytime. You should take Mark on a ride-along. He'd be entertaining. Mark is welcome. <laughs> I just might take you up on that. You'll hear some bad dad jokes for sure. <laughs> well, the good thing is, is when you're in those apparatus, it's hard to hear and they can turn down the, the uh, volume on their headsets. Yeah, or unplug it. That's the other thing. <laughs> yeah. Well, Mark's talking again, unplug. Uh, anyway, but no, I, I think it would be good, Mark. I think you'd enjoy it and appreciate it. So um, again, thanks, Dave. I appreciate it. I appreciate all you and, and all the members of LFR do for our community. Um, you know, you guys are, nobody thinks about you guys until they need you to show up. And And I really appreciate all that I've been able to learn over the last couple of years, getting to know you and and through the ride along process, just to to understand better what LFR does and the things that you experience. So we appreciate that. Well, thanks for having me on today. I appreciate it. Our guest today has been uh, Lincoln Fire and Rescue Chief Dave Engler, and this has been the Lincoln Business Beat from the Lincoln Independent Business Association and KLIN Radio. Reviewing and updating business owners and community members about what's happening in the business community in and around Lincoln. Along with LEPA President and CEO Bud Seinhorst, I'm Mark Vail. Lincoln Business Beat is made possible by the 1890 Initiative. Visit 1890nebraska.com where 100% of your donation goes directly to Husker student-athletes. Mm-hmm.